Hello, this is Maurice Harker. I'm glad you've taken the time to listen to this podcast. What you're about to listen to is a set of principles that come from the discoveries I've made as a therapist working with married people and people fighting for self-mastery. And so please enjoy what you're listening to. And then when you want more advanced training, look us up at Life Changing Services, especially if you're a married person, check out the Marriage Repair Workshop and the Lazarus Lectures. Enjoy what you listen to. Ladies, one of my fascinating discoveries as I've gotten to know you more is that something that has been said about you about 20 years ago that comes across as an insult and still sounds like an insult is one of your greatest gifts. Okay? I want you to bear with me and try not to get triggered because I want to try to use a positive version of what's called a helicopter woman or a hummingbird woman or a bumblebee woman. Okay, one of your greatest talents and blessings that I've ever seen is your ability to bob from stewardship to stewardship in a non-linear fashion, but you can be attentive, attentive in ways that are miraculous. And if you've ever studied bees at all, there's actually some intelligence behind their process. I'm sad that those who might be men or want to be men or whatever you want to call them, who default to being judgmental of such a processing ability, okay, and they want to call you, you need to be more linear, you need to fly in a straight line, okay? I want to be angry at every woman or man who has said something rude about being a helicopter mom. Okay? Because it is truly a miracle that your brain can be so attentive to diversified things. The problem is hummingbirds and bumblebees have a tendency to be very vulnerable to getting hurt. They're not very good at self-protection, okay? Bumblebees can get hit with fly swatters. Hummingbirds are very small. They can get crushed. Helicopters don't do so good in storms. They don't do so good in tornadoes. And so once you discover that this planet that was supposed to be a safe place for you to nurture, all I was doing was getting pollen, all I was doing was being of service to people, all I was doing was just bouncing from stewardship to stewardship, and all of a sudden I'm a wrecked sheet of metal flying all over the place. Okay, ladies, I'm sad that as long as you are stuck on this lone and dreary world, as we have been told in sacred ceremonies, that you don't get to be safe all the time with your nurturing skills. Sometimes you have to keep them safe by landing them. Like, this is not a good time to be nurturing. This is not a safe place to be vulnerable. This is not wise to invest and put my head in a chopping block again. This is, could get me killed 
and because I'm a mother, I, I'm sure there's some like horrific story somewhere about an airplane that's crashing, and a mother has to decide between putting the oxygen mask on herself or some other mother who cares about her kids. Okay, and you're like, I gotta put the mask on me to take care of my little ones because that's where that's what I gotta do. So, ladies, when you're thrown into the horrific requirement of your own self-care, and I'm sad if anyone is judgmental. Oh, you need to do self-care. You got to go get your nails done. Huh? You want to go braid hair with your girlfriends? Just hand them my phone number and I'll strangle them if they talk like that. Okay, that is just so shallow and naive. We know that when self-care is done correctly, all you ever want to do is just care for others. It just seems to be your way. Okay? My recommendation for the second case here about the 110% is there is a grieving period of not being able to behave celestially because it's an unsafe environment. And you have to do an interesting version of psychological self-mastery, which means I would like to spend $10,000 to serve people who are in need. And I would also like to spend seven days worth of emotions, but I must conserve my energy because I'm mortal and I cannot invest time in watching. I cannot invest time in anxiety. I cannot invest time in triggers. Because you've been behaving so naturally when it comes to being attentive to things, I'm sad to say you are accidentally in a position of vulnerability that's getting you crushed. Okay, so in a bizarre way, uh, the peace of mind that you seek and to be able to share your light instead of having it snuffed all the time is it requires you to do what we call the Christ cycle, which is retreat from all responsibilities, spend time with God alone, doing woman in the mountain or pioneer woman mode activities, get the necessary rejuvenation, and when it's time to come back and give, make sure you don't overgive. Make sure you don't overinvest. Okay, we could spend more time on that. I'm going to come back and just address the first question that came in where she asked about, find my notes here. I'm living the best I can with the marriage, invite him to be okay at work. Is this ambivalence normal? Okay. I invite you to change the question from, is this ambivalence normal to, is this ambivalence wise? Based on what you have described, your brain reminds me of an intelligent banker who is sitting at his desk and someone comes in and says, I know that I have paid on my loans sometimes. Okay. And I know you've forgiven me some of them. And I know that I've got a credit rating of somewhere in the 300s. But I'm thinking you should go all in with me. Okay. Let's do $100,000 for a new skateboard shop I want to build. In Alaska okay and you're like so why would a banker be hesitant to go all in on something like that so based on what I can tell your 
hesitation or what might be called ambivalence is just wisdom. Okay, let's let the guy build his trust credit report a little higher before we go all in like that. Right, we have just a minute left. Let's look at this final one. My husband is angry because I won't give him a $100,000 loan after he's broken my trust. Oh, wait, that's not what it says. My husband is angry because I'm not wearing my wedding ring. A wedding ring represents a $100,000 investment psychologically. Is that an appropriate way? Probably more. I feel he is trying to manipulate me into putting it back on. He wants me to put it back on with his credit rating still being low. Sign here. Gosh darn it. Sign right here. It bothers him that our kids and people at church will notice it. I love you so much that all I care about is my feelings. All I am care about. Okay. It seems he worries about them when he should focus on how I feel. He says... He's not going to the temple until I put it back on and says, gaslighting things like I'm too sensitive, I'm not willing to get back on the plane with him and be hurt again when he isn't doing his work. I want to take this, this comment here, and I want to go back to handbook for my daughter for a second. Okay. Now, I want you to imagine with me for a second that your daughter comes to you and says... Let's change the wording of this. So I'm going to put this in right above the section of identifying the guy. Clarifying and establishing the different levels of relationships. By the way, some people will call this being judgmental. We call it being discerning. Okay. Be discerning. All right. Now, if you had this, a note from your daughter it says, hey, mom. I was dating this guy, my recent boyfriend is angry because I'm not wearing his letterman's jacket. All right, does anyone need any more information than that right there? My recent boyfriend is angry because I'm not wearing his letterman's jacket. Anyone need to guess what category he goes in? Do we need a, I don't know if he fits in any of these categories. I'm going to go with, part of me wants to use language that may not be suitable for the environment. But let's go with toxic, X things. <laughs> I was going to use a different B word. Now, I'm not going to say butthead out loud because that would be inappropriate. But something like that, toxic, ooh, let's just go with BH. There we go. Let it mean whatever you want it to mean. Okay. I feel he's trying to manipulate me into putting it back on. Let's just go with part of that. I'm feeling like he's trying to manipulate me. Okay? Now, once you imagine your daughter has given you just as this. He's angry. He's trying to manipulate me. Okay? Gas, he says, he says gaslighting things. All right? not willing to get back on the plane with him and be to be hurt again when he isn't doing his work all right so if you're talking to your daughter and she asked the question let's add this question to it so when do you think I should go out with him again he's angry 
he tries to manipulate me and he says, we only have three of it, gaslighting things. When would you say, oh, sweetheart, you should go out tomorrow and make sure you bring cookies. It's your fault if he's mad. Okay, do you feel the craziness in this yet? Okay. And be sure to make out with him a bunch because boys need it. Make out with him a whole bunch. Okay. Because boys need that stuff. Anyone want to throw up yet? Okay. Anyone puking? Okay. <laughs> Just wear the jacket. <laughs> Walk away and wear his jacket. Just steal it. Okay. All right. Okay, this is where it becomes really important to do the handbook for your daughter. Let me tell you what I hear the most often from women. But I can't act like a healthy woman because we are married. Boundaries can't be used by married women. This may not be the exact phrasing I get but it's pretty close. My friends, I beg of you, I beg of you, I beg of you, I beg of you, okay? As we wrap up here, one of the greatest blessings that you can give the world for yourself, for all men on this planet, for your sons and for your daughters is to insist on being treated like a respected woman, okay? Your sons need to see it. Your daughters need to see it, okay? We're not trying to educate the husband here, but if I could have every man be a lone man in the wilderness because no woman on this planet will tolerate his crud, because he says stuff like this, it's so much easier to do my job. Because I don't know where they get the idea, but for some reason they think, if I was angry at a different woman for not wearing the wedding ring, and try, and I could manipulate her to put it back on, and I could uh, gaslight her, then she would love to be married to me. Okay? I'm sad that there are a few women who actually would cave into that. Okay? So please, I beg of you, retreat and regroup on what you're willing to tolerate. Part of your plan should be an escape plan, just like if there was a fire in the house. Get away from it, get away from it, get away from it, get away from it. If we had more time, we would talk about how to do that expediently. But it's not that much different than what you would do if there was actually a fire in the house. You throw your kids in the car and you drive to a safe place. It's not rocket science. Thanks, friends. Hello. You've just finished listening to one of our episodes of Memoirs of an LDS Therapist. It's important to me that you have a chance to get more and more of these principles. We kept this brief because you probably have a busy life, but there's so much more. So please listen to the rest of these episodes and look for ways to apply them to your life. And ready for... When you're ready for some deep and complex training, please look us up at lifechangingservices.org, specifically the marriage repair workshops and the Lazarus lectures. I look forward to seeing you in those more advanced trainings.